MYF podcast. A fresh breeze within the superyachting industry. In this episode, we sit down with yachting industry expert Rebecca Whitlock. Originally hailing from New Zealand, Rebecca is now based on the beautiful Mediterranean coast in Huang Le Pion on the south of France. With over 10 years experience in the yachting industry and over 20 years in the world of travel, Rebecca is now the founder of Antibe Yachting. Bridging a gap in the market, Antibe Yachting supports the local community and business link to it. Rebecca's credibility is reflected by her established and far-reaching online following, as well as her admirable list of partnerships and clients, including Yachting International Radio. From private jet charter bookings to luxury villa rentals, no two days are the same for Rebecca, as she works with a varied and international clientele. What's more, Rebecca's knowledge and expertise provides valuable insight into what we can expect more of from the industry, as well as current trends. In this conversation, we speak about who is best suited to work in the industry, areas of growth and innovation for the yachting world, as well as a day in the life as a founder of a yachting company. So, without further ado, here's our chat with Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on Yachting and Beyond today. First and foremost, we just wanted to start off by asking us to tell you a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you were born, where you're now based, and how you would classify your profession. Okay, great. First of all, um, thanks so much for inviting me on to podcast today. So um, just to explain to the audience that is listening in, uh, my name is Rebecca Whitlock. I'm born and bred in New Zealand. Uh, but now I'm based in southern France between Cannes and Monaco. I'm the founder of Antibiotting as well. I undertake freelance copywriting and marketing strategies for yachting companies. So that's me in a nutshell. Great. Um, so in your profession, um, what would you say that an everyday look like in, uh, at Antibiotting and can you walk us through a regular day at the office? Um, yes, well, there isn't really anything I would call a typical day as such. I work uh, remotely, but um, when I have the opportunity, I'm doing client meetings in person as well. Um, of course, uh, a lot of communication is via WhatsApp, Skype, Zoom, um, because my clients are based um, predominantly um in France, Monaco, and Europe, but also worldwide. So my day includes um, everything from interviewing people for editorials to business development, uh, creating social media strategies to um, doing public relations for yacht shows. Wow, that's incredible. So you're working with a very diverse field. Rebecca, one yes. thing I really wanted to zoom in on uh, reflecting on the current context and the fundamental shifts that the world is now experiencing, how would you say the market has changed as a result of the pandemic and the shifts in the way we travel and the way we understand the world? Well, I think that um, particularly in the last 12 months, yachting professionals and companies, they've realised 
that they don't need to be traveling to every single boat show conference and forum to um, stay connected to their clients and to industry trends. Uh, there, there's been a really big sh um, digital shift, so an increase in online networking, uh, virtual events, and businesses have really um, taken on board and started to understand the importance of digital marketing and how they can use tools and technology to um, plan and carry out their marketing without being there in person. So I think that's probably um, one of the most notable things that I've, I've noticed has changed. Yeah, and on top of that, you see the new customers are now approaching the other world for, I think, a variety of reasons, and you know, including you have safety, the security, and the privacy, which I guess has been there for a long time within the industry. Um, but during this area, do you see a lot of different needs emerging from the clients? Are they coming to you with different... Um, questions, different queries, or have you found it something that sticks out? Yeah, I mean, I think the demand for using um, suppliers in the yachting world, um, it's still there, Trust uh, the trust factor and reputation. Um, but the new customers, they're looking for assurance that they can be safe and comfortable with their family, their friends or their colleagues. So just things like um, making sure that the charter booking has a degree of financial protection or insurance. And uh, the CPL industry, it's always had that level of dedicated service um, there. However, I think there's been more of a shift where clients actually need to see that visibility in the procedures. So, um, for example, they, they want to see that companies are publishing um, COVID safety guidelines for dealing with their business. And um, that visibility is just something that has um, sort of evolved in the last 12 months. It wasn't there a few years ago, obviously. Um, so it's it's added another step into um, the buying journey um, within the yachting industry because now uh, yachting companies, they've got to be mindful of uh, individual sentiments coming from their customers. They have to be um, mindful of geographic restrictions for travel and also um, geopolitical feedback in local countries. Mm. So a lot to consider. <laughs> yeah. A lot to consider, but definitely an exciting time for the super yacht industry because across the across the globe, I know in Australia where I'm from, there's also been such a considerable um, growth in the industry. As Ludwig mentioned, people are now looking to super yachts to uh, provide them that security and privacy that they maybe can't find elsewhere. Um, Rebecca, one thing I we have noticed in our own job working with the industry is that the average age of customers engaging with the market is younger each year. How mm -hmm. would you say the super yacht industry is following this new client generation? Well, I think firstly that uh, companies have realized that they can't stick to traditional marketing anymore. They have to have fresh ideas. They've got to be present in the social media feeds of younger customers. Um, now, you know, I've seen yachting brands have been experimenting with platforms such as TikTok and Clubhouse. And um, so that's great to see that um, they're, they're branching out into new platforms. And, um, you know, there's been polls done at the end of 
2020, where a lot of um, luxury brand managers admit that they have challenges in understanding, um, you know, younger generations, generation Z, so to speak. Um, and while they're not really the um, dominant uh, customer group in the yachting world, um, they will be prominent within the next decade. So particularly for yachting companies, they've got to work harder um, for their loyalty from younger people because they're um, first, firstly, they're digital, digitally savvy. So um, they're capable capable of going online and searching out for different options. And secondly, they see brands as um, an extension of their own lifestyle. So younger um, people, they're sort of you know, they're curating their own um, Instagram pages and creating their own brands. And so um, that's something that yachting companies are going to have to consider in the next um, few years. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting topic because I think it's going to be one of the industry, industries where we see a very big shift, you know, from maybe the older generations where you have maybe more inherited money, you have more of these... Mm -hmm. Um, kind of manners within the family you have a more of a luxury and richer um, lifestyle versus now you see these maybe younger billionaires and millionaires who are maybe coming from the tech industry etc mm -hmm. who are just have grown their wealth in a very short period of time um, how do you think or what do you think is the biggest challenge for the for yachting companies and luxury um, brands to communicate effectively and really reach out to these new millionaires and i mean you work with communications what do you think will be the biggest challenge and how do you think they should be looking to overcome that i think um the the main challenge is actually understanding um what motivates uh the younger generations to purchase a lot of the time uh, yacht marketing, they um, believe that if they just um, have a presence on a platform where perhaps um, younger people are active, that, that that's a job done, you know, it's over and done with. But you, you still need to analyse why they're buying, um, the type of activity that they're doing online. So, um, I mean, that's just a challenge day-to-day uh, -day across marketing because you, you always need to analyze different demographics and um, purchasing behavior but I think with the younger generation um, that linked to um, yachting brands that have a really well-established heritage um, you know the the top brokerages and the top shipyards they, they don't have that loyalty for those brands yet so um, they need to be um, engaging with them in another way that's not actually happening at the moment and um, I do agree with you um, because I do think we, we will see huge changes in how um, advertising um, is conducted in, the, in the, perhaps the next five years. Talking about connecting with a different market and a different clientele, which is the younger generation, and then mm -hmm. reflecting on the way in which the world's values are shifting in terms of the rise of sustainability, the need for consumers to support more mission-based brands. Have you seen that the typical client of the super yachting industry, or at least the clients that you're working with, has changed over the decades or over the over the time that you've been in the industry? <laughs> um, I definitely think that um, you're seeing more customers that are moving towards companies that are showing 
um, sustainable practices, whether that's their business operations or they're trying to improve their business pra practices. So, um, you know, that can be any anything from um, boat, uh, yacht design to boat building and also um, visitors to boat, boat shows, you know, that they're asking about uh, whether it's necessary to actually have a goodie bag to take away from a stand. And, you know, they're sort of um, aligning themselves with companies that they don't have the single use plastic water bottle on their, um, you know, on their charter and things like that. So I think um, it's encouraging because uh, the customer base is um, aligning themselves with companies that sort of had this social, um, you know, corporate social responsibility now, and it's becoming definitely a trend in the industry. Yeah. And I mean, one, one thing I was thinking about also with this is, um, it's just something that I've been thinking about personally in terms of uh, the people who rent and engage with Superyacht. And a lot of people who do that, do that on a, on a rental basis, which I, most of us already knew, but do you think in terms of uh, passion, do you think it's more of a business or more of a passion for the people who do rent um, super yachts? Where do you think this is mainly coming from? Um, I, well, I, I, that's a good question because I think it actually, uh, you can demonstrate both um, regarding the rental um, market and charter. So for um, charter boat owners, um, you know, there's some exceptionally popular yachts for charter. So it is a business and with um, all businesses, you have income and then you have your operating costs. So it's a really highly competitive market for sure. Um, and likewise, you know, the end uh, charter client, they, they may not actually desire to own or maintain a yacht yet. So, um, um, they prefer to charter one so they can um, get used to the experience or see if that lifestyle is for them long term. And Rebecca, zooming out a little bit and now looking at the overarching impact that working with the industry has had on you on a personal level mm -hmm. and a direct uh the direct link that the industry has with the ocean, would you say that your view of the natural world and in particular the ocean has been influenced by the proximity of your job? That is such a good question. Um, yes, I do think that it has been influenced um, between both of them. Um, they do coincide. Um, I get to interview um, like you, like you here, you are here on the podcast today. Um, I get to talk to some incredibly interesting people who have, um, you know, ocean conservation at their core, and they're so passionate about the marine environment. And um, you know, we can all always improve, um, you know, our efforts towards marine conservation and sustainability on a personal level. But I actually really love hearing about. Um, true stories of change, um, all these initiatives that people are doing to actually make a difference every day. And I think, you know, um, professionally for me, it's um, great to connect with people that are in the industry like that. And also personally, I think, um, you know, we owe it to the next generation um, to actually respect and care for the oceans, you know, whether we're educating them about um, beach cleanups or we're, um, telling them about different conservation pro projects that are happening around the world. 
Yeah, and just on that note, I think it's, as you said, you know, there is, we're seeing more initiatives being taken towards the preservation and the, um, the future of the industry, which I personally believe is such an important, important factor within the super yachting world. And I mean, as an industry, what you get, um, I mean, or you, in your role, you see a lot of maybe different areas. You get to talk to a lot of different companies. Is there any any particular area that you see um, shows great promise uh, for the future in terms of growth and innovation? And is there any area that you see are kind of a bit behind in that way, lacking a bit behind, didn't get so much attention? Yeah, well, I um I think you know when we talk about growth and innovation, we focus a lot on design or build of yachts and so I won't talk about those because <laughs> you know they they they're quite often um referenced already so what I've noticed um that is is changing and and there's big growth that um you know and opportunities there is that companies are becoming more um in tune with their own content being an asset so for example um you know mega yachts fan you've launched a podcast and 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 other companies you know they're they're rolling out video series. So I think you'll see a lot of um, growth and innovation there regarding marketing and content. Um, also, I think particularly because of the last 12 months, um, we'll see start to see changes with yachting events and um, people have realised uh, the way that they communicate to their networks and, um, you know, B2B and also B2C, it's perfect opportunity for um, refreshing how yachting events are conducted and um, where they take place. And Rebecca, could you tell us about one of the most beautiful places that your job has taken you to? Yes, I um, I would say that would be Aitutaki, which is in the Cook Islands. It's just absolutely beautiful. So, you know, the the um, typical clear blue crystal clear water, just great snorkeling. Um, it's really an island paradise and uncrowded. Um, I, I will admit I'm a sucker for a hammer, hammock on the beach and hopefully a cocktail to go with it. So <laughs> that would be, um, yeah, one of the nicest places that I've been to. Sounds amazing. Um, and I mean, being out in the ocean and being working within the subiotic industry obviously isn't for everyone. And for anybody out there who's considering getting into the to the industry, do you think there's there's anything like any people who are better suited towards the lifelong super yachts, or is there anything that you would uh, any tips that you would provide um, for anybody who's maybe interested in getting into one of these roles? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely character traits that lend themselves to working in the industry. You know, there's quite often um, long hours that um, people who are outside the industry, they're not really um, aware of so much. They think, um, you know, when we're in the industry, we have this glamorous life <laughs> um, on boats and traveling everywhere. But, um, you know, I think something like that, um, those type of traits that are highly desirable are things like resilience, um, 
you know, being able to just get up and go and move to um, new destinations and not get ruffled, um, good communication skills and problem solving because, you know, things don't always go to plan um, as well. And, and, and this is whether you're working on a yacht or whether you're land-based, it's the same as well. So um, another important um, factor is I think you should have the ability to um, have empathy with different nationalities because it's such a broad um, range of people that are involved in the super yacht world. And so, um, yeah, if you, have, if you have just a few of those key traits, you'll get off to a good start. Definitely. It, I think that what we've also found is you're exactly right there, Rebecca. It's not necessarily what you would think in terms of the glamour and the glitz, but I think that's also what's really exciting about it is that it yeah. can be such a diverse industry and can offer such a variety of roles for people. And um, that's definitely what's what's really what really excites us. Um, and Rebecca, as a female founder in an industry that has traditionally been predominantly male. How have you found that experience? Well, you know, it ha uh, personally, it hasn't affected setting up my businesses um, in any way because, you know, I'm, I'm quite determined and motivated. Um, you know, I have a really great um, professional network that um, I can bounce ideas off and, you know, probably most importantly, I've got a supportive family so they understand you know the late nights and deadlines for editorials and things like that so um i think being a female you know there, there can be challenges if you sort of um place yourself in that category and um you know there have have been occasions where there, there'll be a speaker's forum and perhaps there'll be one um female on the panel or, or no females at all but i think that's changing and um you know businesses are starting to aware that it's important to include everybody in the discussions as well. Yeah, I think that's so true. And um, one thing I'm thinking about just as we were talking a little bit about the future of the, of the industry, one thing that popped into my mind was obviously you and I, we both work with, uh, with content um, relating to the industry and also business development, etc. What do you think that the future um, of the yachting industry will hold in terms of content and in terms of maybe accessibility to footage? What would what would maybe you like to see more of in, uh, from the industry and <clears throat> from the media side of it? Is there anything in particular that you kind of long um, to get a deeper view into? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, you know, content is something that's evolving all the time and there's, um, you know, not one particular dominant type of content that's always going to be popular over one other type, um, you know, because I, I think there's been, there's been a lot of um, changes where people who perhaps they, they're not, they don't have a big team behind them or they don't have a big budget have actually um, published or launched some of the best content in the industry. So it, it proves that, you know, if you've got a great idea, you, um, you can actually push it out there without, the, you know, 
being a big team or having a you know unlimited budget. So um, alongside that, I also think um, for the future we're going to see companies um, changing their um, marketing and advertising a bit more so that it's more diverse and in- inclusive. Because at the moment, you know, it's it's quite. Um, there's a bit of tunnel vision with the advertising and the marketing. And so um, hopefully we'll see that that change as well. And um, from a media perspective, I, I'd really like media to um, just give more press coverage to super charities and, um, you know, ocean conservation causes, because I always feel like they're never getting enough press coverage. And, and you know, we need more of the good news stories that don't just focus on new builds or top brokerages. So, um, yeah, that's my perspective. Yes. Yes. And Rebecca, that is almost time for us. We don't want to steal your time. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... We always have a little section on the podcast at the end, which is where we ask our guests to join in with some rapid fire questions. Okay. The lighter side of things. (laughs) 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 Perfect. So to start us off, what are you reading, watching or listening to right now, which you would recommend? Okay, I am listening at the moment to um, The Overthinkers. It's on Apple Podcasts. It's um, a marketing podcast, which is, um, you know, expected from me. Um, But it's super interesting and it talks about everything from strategy to the quality of advertising. So go check it out if you um, jump over to Apple Podcasts. It's called The Overthinkers. Great. Um, And what is one person you would like to meet? Um, It can be alive or or dead, doesn't matter. One person. Okay. Uh, Well, I've always wanted to meet David Attenborough. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm a big fan. And, um, you know, he's he's intelligent, he's eloquent, and I, I just think we'd have such great discussions. Um, though I'd probably freeze and not be able to talk to him at all. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have to agree with you there, Rebecca. David Attenborough is probably as well. Uh, oh, he's such a hero. He's an, he's an incredible person, and also he sort of relates to the themes that we've discussed in this podcast, which is that he's been one of the founding figures in. Um, changing the way that humanity views the, the the environment and actually being able to interact with it at a much deeper yeah. level. So he, he's yeah. been amazing. And just to wrap us off and finish off the podcast, what is one quote that you would live by? Okay. So I always, it's a quote that I always tell my sons. Um, so I always tell them never give up and it's simple and it's just a really great quote to live by day to day. So that's what I, that would be my quote to live by. Yeah, perfect note to, to wrap it off. Uh, um, wrap it up. Um, uh, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I really hope we get the time to meet you in person and maybe even have you on for another episode. Sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Sophia, <laughs> any closing thoughts? 
I just, uh, you know, would just like to say thanks for inviting me on podcast today and um, good luck with all your future episodes and um, I'll be tuning in. Thanks so much, Rebecca.